Welcome to the latest OmniTalk Ask an Expert series. I'm your host, Anne Mazinga, one of the founders of OmniTalk, a content platform dedicated to researching and talking to the people, the companies, and the technologies that are shaping the future of retail. We are coming off the heels of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And one of the major headlines that we've been hearing as concerning all of you is the retailers that are exposed to smash and grabs, to these giant crime rings that are coming in and stealing a ton of merchandise at once. But what we find really interesting is that people haven't been paying as close attention to the unseen, the, uh, the transactions that are happening that are fraudulent, that are happening with online stores um, that aren't visible, that aren't stealing the headlines. And so we wanted to bring in back from Signified, our expert, uh, Vice President, Senior Vice President of Operations and Corporate Development, Bennett, to come to us today to talk about what retailers are seeing over the course of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Bennett, welcome to the show. We got a lot to talk about today. We do. It's been a crazy season and yeah, absolutely thrilled to be back. Yes. Well, okay. Uh, listeners cannot forget our last episode. It was one of my absolute favorite, but in case this is the first time that they're meeting you, can you tell us a little bit about Signified and about your role there? Absolutely. So Signified um, is a provider for a series of services uh, that allow customers uh, like Walmart or eBay, or if you're on Shopify, to, to know what to do with a particular customer in context. So should I let this person open an account? Should I sell this person this Samsung phone? Should I allow this person to do a return? Um, this person is claiming that I, uh, they never received the, the sofa. Should I fight right. them or should I let them do it? So we help um, some of the largest retailers and mom and pops make decisions about how to have the best customer lifetime value. And explain a little bit what you do specifically there. Like what's your role, Bennett? How are you, what are you, what switches are you flipping up and down and what are you doing at Signified specifically? Cause you have a unique role. I do. I do have a weird role. That's fair. Um, and that's why I, I said trying. unique, not weird, just for the record. Fair, fair, fair. My, my word, not yours. Um, so my, my role is, uh, conceptualized as, as anything to do with building expertise and client-facing consulting for Signified. So okay. I, in my prior life, I was a consultant. Um, I started my own company, and then I was an attorney for a while. And so what we've tried to build at Signified is a, is a payments and e-commerce consultancy in, our, in all of our orgs that touch our clients. So I work with customer success, the folks that are on the front lines, um, you know, helping our customers uh, achieve that. Um, I have our business intelligence folks. So like the data, when we, when we process hundreds of transactions in a second and thousands of transactions in a minute, I'm there like, yes, the system is working, right? <laughs> like we're, we're, you know, we're six times Shopify in terms of volume, you know, over Black Friday, Cyber Monday at the peak. And, you know, we're rivaling some of the payment networks in terms of volume. So it's a lot of data. Um, so that's one of my favorite parts about talking about this because I'm a, I'm a data geek. Um, and then I have some ops and legal stuff, which not super relevant to this group, but yeah. But that's kind of, I, but kind of a, a superpower of, of all things e-commerce right now. I mean, the, from, like you said, from Shopify retailers all the way up to some of the, the major top 100 retailers in the country. Um, yeah. so you mentioned you're a data geek and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into that because your, your team just came out with some research about black Friday and cyber Monday results. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like as a data geek, 
what were the things that you were planning on seeing out coming out of this? Like, what were you expecting to see in the report? Yeah, we're thankfully at a size of a company now where we're starting to try to predict and as yeah. opposed to just measure. So I, I actually hopefully have a, a good answer for you this year, whereas you know two years ago, maybe I wouldn't. So what we were expecting was um, a new influx in new users to okay. the channel. So mostly younger folks and older folks on, on the end of the spectrum, more wealthy individuals. And so what we've actually seen is Starting in September, wealthy Americans and Europeans have started opening up their wallets on spend the way okay. that they really hadn't. And so if you've um, you know, tracked the savings rate or kind of the spend on housing, like Americans collectively save like $2 trillion more than they were expected mm-hmm. to. And some of that cash, people are like, I haven't bought new yoga pants in 18 months. <laughs> Maybe right. I should get some new yoga pants, right? And so we, we were like, okay, cosmetics, athleisure, apparel, luxury, all of these categories, electronics, they're going to have a banner like breakout. That, that's kind of what we saw, like younger people who want the newest phone, um, you know, more older, more affluent people who have been like, you know what, I've, I've sat through a couple of recessions. I'm going to wait this one out. They finally started opening up their pocketbooks. And that's what we saw um, a lot okay. uh, from that perspective. We also saw, we expected to see a lot of, um, I like the phrase of um, gift now, pay later, um, which yes. I thought was was pretty pretty clever, um, whoever came up with that one. Um, and we're, we're seeing a lot of that, um, especially from the Zoomers, so to speak. And the the buy now, that's so, so buy now, pay later, where people are doing installment financing. They're opening up their wallets, but they're not going to put it all on one credit card bill in October, November. Well, so this is, this is good. And so then we're starting to think like, gosh, um, I call it a tale of three cities. Like yeah. it's, it's like three types of consumers generally in the U.S. and then three types of uh, retailers. So you have older affluent folks who have mm-hmm. like never been in the, the e-commerce omni-channel. Then you have younger folks that in general use buy now, pay later more often. And then you have this kind of like sweet spot of like people who have been very comfortable with e-commerce and they might like shop somewhere on Monday, somewhere on Tuesday, somewhere on Wednesday, somewhere on Thursday. And they're just like, I don't care anymore. Like I I buy everything online. And those are kind of three key demographics. There are of course more, but like, those are ones that like people should be trying to capture of like, I want as many, if, if you're selling the right good, I want as many wealthy people, first time buyers to come to my site, have an excellent experience and then turn them into repeat customers. I want to protect my core market and I have to figure out the younger audience, right? Like from that perspective. So that presents a significant challenge though for retailers, like we were talking about earlier. Universal. I mean, you have so many new customers, the yeah. stakes are so much higher. You have to give them a good experience or they won't be back. They have tons of options here. What, what have you guys been seeing retailers do in order to get themselves ready and to, you know, increase the number of positive experiences that their customers are having, allowing the right people to come through. Yeah. It's a, it's a great and interesting problem because you have to roll out the red carpet the right. first time the right way. Right. And you don't want to, you know, speaking of smash and grabs, like the, the metaphorical equivalent is you roll out the red carpet and then like let the smash and grab teams onto your site to just go crazy. Right. <laughs> right. right. So you're, and you're paying to bring the traffic to your site. So it's like, it's just such a nightmare. Um, and so people more and more are adopting um, machine learning experiences, 
um, you know, one of the largest retailers in the world moved from a team of literally hundreds of human beings to try to keep up with the volume to, to using us only to make every, sing, every single decision automated. And wow. like, when you look at the volume, it's like literally hundreds of cases a second. It's just staggering how many decisions you have to make. You have to adopt things um, like machine learning. You have to, in, in order to keep up with the volume. Is it even possible for retailers to have teams to support this? I mean, do I you have, I so. should say, should they have human teams that are supporting this without machine learning and but other- IR100, I don't, I don't think it is because this is, this is, so this gets to one of the three cities about like, um, uh, of retailers, right? Yeah. So you have folks of like, who still has a really big Black Friday, Cyber Monday, like holiday spike? The largest retailers do, mm-hmm. Target. Walmart, right? Like these folks that can throw marketing dollars at the, the folks to bring them in. They, they know what they're doing. Their marketing departments are on it. If you're on Shopify, Shopify merchants don't have the money to compete for Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. Right. They've brought all of those earlier. And so perversely, like the biggest retailers have kind of like become obsessed with like having really, really like, this is our holiday period right? Like we're going to have crazy volumes and they do have crazy volumes. And so if you say, okay, well, my volume is going to literally be 50 X, hundred X, what it might be in a normal day. You can't staff to that, right? You can't staff and train and then also train down people in order to do that. So no, I think the spike for the largest ones has remained. And so that volume, what we saw, uh, 19 to 20 to 21, is the largest of the of the retailers kept kind of that spike, that same curve. And then the rest of the folks kind of smoothed out the curve. And they're like, hey, buy from us on November 1st, right. buy from us on October 15th, make sure right. you get your shipping. I, I've seen tons of folks. Um, so, uh, and this has continued for, of course, I mean, Christmas is right around the corner. Um, and what we're seeing is smaller retailers are saying you have to not get your last order in by December 15th. You have to get it in by December 9th, right? right. From that perspective, like they're, they're just bleeding forward of like that period. Um, so I think that to answer, that was a long way to answer your question of no, I don't, I don't see how the largest retailers do. And then folks who are maybe smaller volumes have figured out ways to, to kind of smooth out their curve mm-hmm. in arguably healthier ways, right? From that perspective for inventory management, et cetera. Well, and I, I think that something you, you pointed out too, and what you just said is that, you know, this, this extended this year. And I think part of that might be due in part to Amazon doing prime day in October. And in in reality, I think what retailers really need to be paying attention to is that these spikes that you're talking about, they have the potential to happen at any time. I mean, Amazon in theory could do black Friday, any time of the year now that they want to. So these, like these, these periods of time that were once dedicated to black Friday and cyber Monday could be something that you realistically as a retailer need to be prepared to happen at any time that, and I would say, you know, this increase in online orders and in curbside orders, like none of that's going away. So this isn't a problem that you can just put a bandaid on for a, a temporary period of time, the holidays or, you know, the, the six to eight weeks that typically retailers would prepare for. Is that, I mean, do you think yeah. that's, I'm on the right page there or, or are you thinking that, you know, there's a way for retailers to handle this differently? I, th- I think that 
I'll, I'll speak broadly. There are of course folks that, you know, jewelry merchants, right? Like, right. Of course, you know, like let's, let's set aside folks that have different seasonality or where like, you know, you have to have like a, a new year's kind of like diamond, whatever the, the, the case may be. Let's set aside those for a moment. Um, folks that can, the, the people who I see in our client base and across the, the e-commerce world that are succeeding are, have used COVID to break out of the mold. They're like, mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask some basic questions. How do I get more people with promotions in a healthy way? That's where I'm not competing. Right. Maybe I launched something in March. Maybe I launched something in July. Let me ride the coattails of Amazon and like shopping online whenever I can, but let me do my own thing too. Right. And so I think that those, that thinking is very important. Those who have a storefront are thinking like, I have to have omni-channel in a way because that's what people want, but like, let me do it in a smart way where like, maybe that's my return hub so that my return experience can be really good. And let me partner with FedEx and Walgreens so that I can compete like with that perspective. It's like, how do I economically, and economically is the key word, compete with what I'm going to do with Amazon. And if I can't just tell the customer, Hey, right here's when it's going to happen i think last time i didn't have this couch i don't, <laughs> I don't, I, think, I don't so. think last time i had that's a new couch. edition I, okay I, it, it, well it's a march edition so i ordered this couch in march i'm not i'm not the, the retailer will remain nameless but it was supposed to be delivered in september okay september 25th my partner called and they're like what couch oh no <laughs> Not good. Oh, no. Not a good no, thing you want to hear. Not, from not, good, not a good, not a good customer experience. And then they were like, "Oh, we found the couch." And then, um, and then they were like, uh, "We called one more time and like, oh, four guys will be by to deliver it on Thursday. Is that okay?" And it's like the couch went from not even existing in the system to being delivered like two days late. Goodness, do I care if it's two days late? It's, I've been waiting for six months. I understand. Right. Just right. Just communicate. Just tell me when right? it's going like, to be there. Yeah, hundred percent. Set my ex- uh, set my um, expectations right, and I think that um, the folks that are able to do that um, have have had a much better customer experiences. And you can't keep up with Amazon. That's right. that's a fool's errand, right? So you have to think about what can I control. What can I offer in terms of automation, in terms of speed, in terms of seamless? And then what else do I communicate and set expectations for? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The transparency is critical right now. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, So Bennett, last time you you were on the show, you said something that was so astute and I I love it. I still think about it today. And that is that the fear of loss is is most acute when the volume spikes. Now, given what we've just been talking about, um, given this idea of retailers paying more attention to the smash and grabs that are happening in the physical store, yes. uh, let's talk a little bit about what Black Friday and Cyber Monday meant in terms of the potential for loss. Like what were retailers up against with, you know, the challenges of fraud coming into these online experiences, these buy online pickup in store experiences, and what are they looking at as we kind of go forward into 2022 that they should be prepared for? Yeah, so I'll answer that in two ways because I think the omni-channel like buy online, pick up in store, we actually have a, I'll start there. We, we have a neat use case with one of the largest international retailers where we do scan and go for them now. Okay, and love it. So, so you, you, yeah, so you literally like are in the store checking out, scanning like with your mobile app and then you pay in a card not present environment while in the store. It is 
a beautiful customer experience. People love it. You know, I'm I mean, sure. it, it, it rivals Whole Foods, right? Like just to, to, to put a name sure. on it. And so people love it. It's a fraud attack vector. You're talking about smash and grab. It's like people who are like walking your aisles, like they're just buying stuff. They just stole somebody's credit card before they came in the store. Right. So like, it's a way safe, it's a much safer smash and grab. Um, I guess would be the way that I talk. Right. Right. It's out in the open. Uh, You're not, yes, there's no yeah, like smashing yeah. and grabbing. You're just grabbing. Yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Beautifully said. Yeah. Just, just grab and go. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that, um, so that fear led um, this particular retailer to work with us of like, okay, like, we have to enable this experience. Like, what is the escalation path for that? Like Signified says, no, the person's there, like trying to check out. And then they have to go somewhere to like, to, to customer service, to like have their payment checked. Oh my gosh. Like if you don't deliver on that promise for the right person, the oh, stakes yeah. are so high, right? Yeah. The stakes are so high. So um, I love that, that example. And there was fraud. Um, there was a fraud ring that attacked that particular retailer we offer a guarantee. So we, we handled that from that perspective and then we worked with them to figure it out. And now it just works beautifully, right. From that perspective. So I think more people are going to bleed the online card, not present in your actual store, forget buy online, pick up in store. Right. That's, that's old hat at this point. I, it's not old hat, but to me, it's old hat <laughs> right. um, and, and more people should do it because customers love it. But, um, but like being able to check out um, yourself while right. going through the store and kind of seeing it, it's like the best of all worlds. Like, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to wait at like the concierge, like yes. the terms are good. Like it's just a really beautiful shopping experience. So, so there's that. And then um, the, the, um, the piece with the online <clears throat> is like, you put together like, Hey, my inventory is low. Mm-hmm. I have to have, I have to make sure that everything that I sell is to a real customer. I don't want it going to a reseller. So mm-hmm. we actually see a fear of like, um, it's a, it's a hoarding mentality, right? It's oh, like, yeah. it's like, I have, I have five couches. I have, you know, 10 King, you know, like premium white sheets. Those have to go to my new customers, right? Exactly. They're going to come back to me, mm-hmm. not go to some third-party reseller or, or to God forbid to Amazon, like from that perspective, you have to build that customer experience. And so we actually see people like caring a lot more about getting their goods in the hands of their end users, as opposed hmm. to, um, as opposed to like fear of fraud, like, um, from that perspective, fraud with a capital F, right. From like right. financial fraud. Right. Right. And that's I so interesting. It, I wouldn't have even thought about it, but it makes so much sense. Uh, it's almost like, who do we have the best yes, case? Like who, yes, which customer yes. is going to have the best end experience with this product yes. and how do we prioritize them? And you definitely can't do that with human beings. Like there's no, no way no. that you could do that. That's, that's no, like no. Deep into like nerding out machine learning that would be able to tell you that, um, returns, like what their return score is and how that factors exactly in. Like right. that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a super fun problem to solve because um, it flips the conversation to customer lifetime value so beautifully and simply when you're like, I have to bounce people, right? Like right. I have an exclusive like, you know, event. Okay, well, I have to have a bouncer out front. Like I want to yeah. make sure the right clientele get inside. I the think virtual it's velvet rope. Yeah, I yes, love it. Yes, I, yeah. And you have to then, I, I like that because then it forces you to ask like, who is my best customer, right? I think a lot of retailers are doing a lot of soul searching right now, which is which is good, right? The COVID times were crazy. It's like, just sell anything that we have. And now it's like, 
no, 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 let's sell the right things <laughs> so that we, you know, to the right people so that we, we can, uh, you know, get this flywheel going. Um, some of the more other like kind of attacks that people are very much seeing. I don't know how many spam texts you've been getting lately, mm-hmm. a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I told it up. Um, I get one a day, which oh is, a lot. I don't know, a 70, it's a, it's a 70 fold infold or something from what it was a year ago. Yeah. And I, I'm one of those people who's like AT&T fix this. Right. And I like send every <laughs> single one. And I'm like, here they are. Here's their number. Shame them, get them out of the network. Um, and, um, and I get calls. I have a, I have a New York phone number from when I did teach for America in the Bronx. So I could, I could call my uh, students' parents and I just never updated it. So I get these uh, hilarious calls from like New York city with like something, something urgent. And I just love you know, I mean, I'm a fraud and a data nerd and, but so much of it is social engineering. So I'll, I'll take the calls and I'll hear them and I'll like, let's talk about like what you're talking about and how are you going to try to scam me right now? And then, cause this is um, what we see is like 250% increase in socially engineered takeover via SMS. Oh my gosh. And so it's like, it's a, it's again, like everything is old is new again. So it's just botting and it's just fishing, but it's fishing on your phone. And for some reason it's very successful. And so we see a ton of compromised devices. We see a ton of compromised um, financials and accounts. And so that makes it really hard for retailers, right? Because you're saying, Hey, I'm hoarding right? because I have this inventory. I have to make sure I get it, but I get it to the right people. This is an account that's been with me for three years. This is a good account. I have some device level tracking on my site that's always saved me before. It's the same device. You don't get their mask and their proxy. And then all of a sudden this good customer has been totally spoofed and they steal for the holidays. And it's a really big order because lots of people want to gift things, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's they not unusual. They ha- it's not unusual and they have good history. And it's fine that they're shipping to lots of different addresses because they're buying gifts. It's like a nightmare scenario. Like with that, it's you you Trojan horse your own system inadvertently. So that we're starting to see people kind of wake up. And I've had many retailers come to me and be like, we just got hit this holiday season. We had no idea. It was like, these were good accounts. I think that that is a very, um, it's a very hard problem to solve um, if impossible on your own without a, a network of data. It's absolutely true, Bennett. And I I think you're also going to start to see a demand from customers for, you know, having this protection as, as online orders are increasing, as people are, are, like you said, at the beginning of the show, you know, you have those tale of three cities where you have different, three different new customers that are all shopping. And how, how are you serving me best? The, the transparency between retailer and customer is going to increase. So, you know, are you set up as a retailer to be able to provide them that information, to give them the best experience possible. Um, Anything else that we missed, Bennett, in your coverage that you think people should know about that we didn't talk about yet? Um, Let's see. I think the the one thing that's super interesting to me is, and um, Signify doesn't touch this specifically, but I've had so many people talk to me about it. I think we'd be remiss to not talk about it is, is staffing shortages and, mm-hmm. and kind of difficulty in employing. You ask like, hey, can you staff up to even do this with human beings? Right. I, I don't know if you follow Reddit. It's a vice of mine. Yes. Um, but um, the anti-work subreddit 
is the fastest growing subreddit um, and has incredible, I think Vice did a, a, a piece on it um, as well. But um, the there's just lots of people are not willing to work in retail um, under the old kind of uh, piece of, of exchange. Like, hey, like here's exactly. what you can do. Like this is a retail, God forbid, like service, right? From that perspective, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very difficult. That's a, a common thing. And so what we've seen is um, things that used to be, oh, we'll just staff and we'll train, right? Like that's just not the case anymore. Like it's not as economical to have a human force that is English speaking, native accent, like quality, mm -hmm. like that's becoming very prohibitively expensive for, for most average order values um, in, in e-commerce. And so I think that's something that would be interesting and that then it really exacerbates the physical side of the house though, right. right? Because it's still the larger side. And so that means even more people will have relatively bad customer experiences in store, which will further accelerate online buying. So we're seeing kind of a, um, a flywheel of, you know, McKinsey had some, okay, well, poke COVID did this to, to the growth rates. And then like, where are we in the, you know, in the V of like growth afterwards? We're solidly above the, the median projection of growth for e-commerce. And I think that, um, you know, uh, the Omicron variant and like the staffing shortages and kind of like just, I think these, the, all of the people saying like, oh, it's just going to be a COVID bump. It's a COVID bump. It's a COVID bump. I think we're past that now, probably yeah. most, yes. most of the, most of the, the folks that even the, the e-commerce naysayers have kind of said, okay, yeah, no, this is a, this is a real thing now. So I, I could not agree more. Plus I think you see all these people who are going back into store. Your point is so brilliant that, you know, people are not going to go back into the store the same way that they went back in the store. They're not, they aren't waiting in lines. They want your scan and go experience and retailers are going to have to figure out, you know, how do I get this new customer? It's a, it's a brand new customer, even though they've been with you for so long, the last couple of years has trained them to expect different things. They're not going to put up with poor experiences, um, in the store. So you're going to have to continually invest in the technology and the resources in, in order to serve this new, uh, experience for them. Um, Bennett, every time we talk to you something like I have like 15 crazy, like <laughs> head explosion emojis coming out. Um, people I'm sure are going to want to follow up with you to get more into more specifics. I know you can, you can kind of detail those for uh, anyone that's wants to reach out, get the pulse report that you just put out on black Friday and cyber Monday. Um, how do they get in touch with you and with signified? Where should they go? Yeah. So they can send me an email directly if they want. It's just Bennett, my surname uh, at signified.com. Um, and then signified.com slash pulse is where we um, post our up to the up to the week data. Um, it's verticalized. It's segmented. Um, we work in in all worldwide regions except for mainland China. So we have some probably some interesting data for your business. Um, yes. And so if if that's of interest to you, then we can talk about that. Um, and yeah, we 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 love um, consulting. In case that wasn't clear, that's 
And by consulting, I mean, let's just chat. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, you have you have the best data nerd self-proclaimed on the planet to help you dig into this, who will sit on the phone with scammers and just try to figure out their scam. You are on top of it, Bennett. You could not ask for more from a partner. Um, Thank you so much again. This was Bennett, the Signified Senior Vice President of Operations and Corporate Development. And to all our listeners out there, be careful out there.